Welcome one and all to episode 11 of the Scum and Villainy podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, my co-host, Noah DeGeorge. What's good up, buddy? Morning, good, good morning. Good morning. It's been a... It's, Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We finally made it. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's been a, a bit of a morning for me. I woke up so tired. Oh, no. But... Watch Bad Batch. Well, step it up, okay? We got now. content to make. We got, we got stuff to do here. <laughs> I love how this this the show has been like a, like the show meaning the Bad Batch has been a bit of a morning routine for me. I know Disney Plus shows are going to switch to Wednesday, so that'll be less fun. But I love waking up in the morning, pouring a nice cup of Joe, making breakfast. Sometimes it's cereal. Today it was oatmeal. Nice. And just sitting down. Switching it up a little bit. I've got a dedicated mug. I've got like a retro Mickey Mouse mug. And that is like my Friday morning because I, I my day off is on Friday. So I got like my, my day off mug. Got Man. pajama pants on. Just enjoying life watching Star Wars. And there's nothing better than that. What are you going to do when it switches to Wednesday morning? Who's your who's your mug of choice? Probably the same mug. Um, but... <laughs> It's going gonna, it's gonna to be less fun because it'll probably be like because I think we're going to stick to the Friday release schedule for our show. So, I right. mean, that gives us more time to like dive into the episodes, I suppose. That's true. Um, but it's going to be hard not to talk about it for two days and just be like, nah, 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 wait, wait till the podcast. <laughs> Unless it's an episode like this, then I think I could manage <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, to spoil, not to spoil <laughs> anything. Uh, but yeah, for this week, it was actually a bit of a slower news cycle. I don't know if you've kept tabs in some of the star wars news but there's not a lot going on this I, week i tried yeah i'll uh, say that much uh, so it's a bit of a quiet week which sometimes is a <clears throat> sometimes is kind of a a blessing and then some other times it's a little sadder because blessing nobody's there's no drama there's no there's no kerfuffle happening it's just like okay whew, all those right in star warsville <laughs> yes that's true uh but then you have a week like this when you're trying to make a podcast and you really have to dig deep and find some stuff but Despite that, we do have a lot of topics to discuss today. Uh, we've got some quotes that may hint to some more Jedi in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, we've got some news on Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, we're going to talk about War of the Bounty Hunters Jabba the Hutt, issue number one. And of course, we're going to talk about the newest episode of The Bad Batch titled Infested. Uh, as always, there are time codes in the description if you want to pop around a little bit, get into a little podcast pogo stick. Just, just jump around just jump around like house of pain said just jump around <laughs> i i want to imagine that people jump on a pogo stick and they're like all right i want to watch the end of the metaphorical pogo stick not actually yes. a pogo stick but they're like all right i want to watch the end first i'm going to jump back to this i'll jump yeah. around to this go to like the middle third at least then, hit yeah. everything you know yeah. and then you know it's like a memento you know okay yeah you, like you start at the end and then you kind of reach the middle at, at some point and then you'll loop back to the beginning eventually but we'll uh, all in all <laughs> we'll find out everything we need to know about star wars right here right what are we now. talking about first uh first we are talking about star wars galactic star cruiser uh this is the uh disney lucasfilm uh project that they have combined uh with walt disney world uh, the resort is an immersive two-day experience meant to put guests through an interactive story on the Halcyon, a Corellian MPO-1400 Star Cruiser during the time frame that Galaxy's Edge is set in. And the reason that we're talking about that today is they released a new poster for this park. So Really cool looking poster, yeah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's a slow news week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
aside from the poster, which I do think is cool, it is very reminiscent of kind of the Drew Struzan, you know, iconic Star Wars posters, which is something that I miss with new with new Star Wars is that iconic illustrated look to it. I did want to talk about the resort in more of a big picture sense. I want to talk about kind of the appeal to something like this, what you and I would do, because I think correct me if i'm wrong price range it's probably a little out there for us it's a little bit it's a little bit far (laughs) in the fences i'll I'll say that a two-day immersive star wars experience sounds absolutely delightful and i think disney knows that so there it's probably going to be a little salty yes so i think the only thing that you and i can do is talk about it (laughs) (laughs) we'll just we'll just pretend for now yeah that's the I've been pretending to be in Star Wars my whole life, you know, back yeah. when you're a kid having little toy lightsabers, whacking your friends in the knuckles, you know, you're just pretending to be in Star Wars. So I think the, <laughs> the same can be said for here as a functioning adult Star Wars fan. So See, yeah, now you just need to get a bunch of friends who will be like who will take the place of the attraction people and like they'll put on their costumes. Yeah. And, you know, they'll be the first order and they'll shove you into a cell and you're like, Oh, this is really funny guys. <laughs> Just lock you in the closet. Forget yeah. about you. And I also, I need to, I need some random kid to like start screaming because he got scared of a Wookiee or whatever. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I need that to also happen to be, to get the full galaxy's That's edge. The full experience. galaxy's edge experience. Well, I was going to go to galaxy's edge um, in July of 2020. Why didn't you? You know, the funniest thing happened. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but obviously that got canceled and I'm very much so looking forward to going again. Who knows when that's going to happen? I don't know. Eventually, I would love to go. But yeah, yeah. maybe I'll try to go in the winter time when, no, you know, as little people as, are there as possible. I, I like fantastic. I like the idea of going in the fall. You yeah. know, yeah. I think that could be I think that could be very fun. But again, yeah. I have to I have to literally scrape money off of, you know, the pavement <laughs> off of the pavement somewhere to find yeah. as much money as I can to do that. Exactly. Because when I was one originally wanting to go, I, I mean, obviously it's a trip. So you want to save up for stuff like that. But I was saving up to the degree that I was like, I want to be able to do these specific things. I want to be able to get the drinks that I want to and the food that I want to. I also want to build a lightsaber. Build so re- a gosh darn lightsaber. That's right. I've so, I saw so many people online building lightsabers and having a freaking heck of a time (laughs) i was like that sounds so fun all i would want (laughs) so i was really saving up to do that specifically and i was also looking at like the food that they have and the drinks that they have and i was planning everything and then you know obviously that didn't happen but and instead you bought the uh the official cookbook the Galaxy, uh, the right. Galaxy Edge cookbook. You were like, I can still do that here. Yeah, that was a gift uh, for from uh, for Christmas from some of my family members, and I, I I've only made one thing, and there was the Ronto wrap, the Ronto wrap. I was going to say probably like out of a lot of the dishes, it seemed like the most feasible for me because a lot of the stuff in there was like get these weird fruits that yeah, are you prickly know, pear and, yeah, yeah. And like you have to get imported or whatever and i was like oh this is chorizo and tomato paste and flatbread and i can do that yeah and it's actually really yummy super delicious um i i posted a photo i think maybe on twitter back I in think the day you did, when I yes made it. uh very very yummy and also the the portions of that were insane i was able to eat that for like two days after <laughs> that because i made so much because i don't know how to cook for just one person apparently well, it's a learning curve um, but speaking of resorts and and, and, and fun old times, um, as we said, this is a, a, a two day experience and guests are able to make choices on whether or not they align themselves with the First Order or the Resistance. 
Uh, and along with various other options, they can explore the, the, the Jedi path and they can train with a lightsaber and such against uh, remote droids. So it seems very similar to how Galaxy's Edge is where you can be a first order informant or you can be a rebel spy and you can you know be a smuggler and you I, I think there's like an app that you can download and get points and you know whatever you want to do it's just so cool it's just so, it's so fun cool. it's so great Ugh. yeah instead we're here putting putting the it. professional podcast voice aside i just want <laughs> oh, to man. do it sounds so cool that literally sounds so cool <laughs> instead we're here and i'm in my pajama pants and <laughs> just, i'll just wear my bba pajama pants and, yeah and i'll make a ronto wrap <laughs> see how you like it disney you don't get to have my 300 bucks get like a vr headset and just sit there and just be like, oh man, man that's, that's ready so player great. one in the most sad way you're just like <laughs> just, yeah. no i can't actually be there <laughs> exactly we're just going to the virtual world i guess just escape from this absolute hellscape of a world but <laughs> um i wanted to talk about what you and i would do at a place like this because again it seems a, a little pricey it also seems more of like a family thing yeah to where yeah. you know th this that's your family vacation for the year and you're able to you know spend two days and, and do this thing whereas me a a, a single 20 something year old man going by myself don't know if it would be as fun you know <laughs> but you'd still get to do stuff you know totally absolutely i mean i would be like enjo enjoying it and geeking out just as much as you know the the 12 year old next to me or whatever right. but there's a uh, a lot of interesting things and interesting choices that one could make uh on this uh during this 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 cruise ship or uh, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's a boat, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Or is it a place? I, I, don't know. I think it's a boat. I think it's a boat because uh, it's supposed to be this the ship that you're on and it gets, you know, it, the ship gets in trouble and you have to make a decision and decide, you know, who you want to be. And that, that's a very Star Wars theme. The, yes. you know, the power of choices. And, you know, are you going to make a difference? So here I am providing you a choice mm -hmm. if you were to participate uh, in the Galactic Star Cruiser event, who would you be? Would you be Jedi, Rebel, First Order, Smuggler? What are you thinking? I think, well, knowing how the movies go, I'd say the good guys pretty much win all the time. Probably. I'd hate to be on the team that's like, you did really well. But also, I especially with like choices in video games, sure. I'll never take the obvious choice because why would I? Right. That's what they want you to do. Um but also, I feel like in, in a setting like that, I think that at least being a rebel, not necessarily being a Jedi, would be a very rewarding experience because I've always seen kind of the, the rebel alliances. You know, they're not just the soldiers for, you know, the really strong guys sure. like Luke Skywalker or what have you. Um, they're, you know, it's it's a very interesting and individualized experience that's like, who are you going to be, you know? Right. And, th and then if that's, if that's your motive, you, you join the yeah, rebellion. And finding that connection with others and being yeah. like Han was, you know, inspired by the actions of his friends and, yeah, you know, encourages him to turn a new leaf and, you know, to fight for a, a cause bigger than himself. Yeah. I think that that, especially to me is, is very, it's very moving in a yeah. lot of ways to, to be like, okay, well, you know, well, personally, as someone who was never an athlete or, you know, someone who never did extracurriculars in school, it's like sure. you have a lot of expectations put on you for being someone that doesn't like that maybe doesn't have outward talents or gifts. And the rebellion is all about that. Right. For me, that, kind of the that's so cool. Yeah. You know, where it's like 
you know, you can do something. What what will you do? Yeah. Um, I think that's super cool. I bet that would be super rewarding. Well, I say fooey with all that. Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going glad. to the first order. <laughs> I'm glad. I want to hear it. So here's the here's the reason why. I totally hear what you're saying, and I absolutely understand the appeal of that. But for me, Star Wars, being such a big Star Wars lifelong fan, it impacts me in my choices in the real world too. And oh, I'm yeah. able to take exactly what you just said and apply that to my real world perspective and the choices that I make and the person that I want to be. And I know it sounds corny, but Star Wars has legitimately tons of great advice of like the kind of person you want to be. Literally every episode of Clone Wars yeah. starts with that. <laughs> uh, let the past die. That's a great one. No, that's Definitely what the bad hold guy on to says. That. That's what the bad guy says. No, you're not that's supposed not to what take the that movie's telling no. you. Oh, snap. Uh, Yoda saying the greatest teacher failure is, is like one of the most applicable life lessons. I that, wrote a paper about that. As you should. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could see a whole dissertation about this. I wrote this, a college paper about that. And I got a good grade on it. Ben, you know? I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think in real life, Star Wars has those little nuggets, like Qui-Gon says, you know, uh, your 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 focus determines your reality. Yeah. Another great little piece of advice and and that you can hold with you and, and impact your choices along the way in always, real life. Always a bigger fish. In you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. Piusa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> My tongue is fat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so I could have that perspective, but then in I'm sorry, still <laughs> just made yourself have the giggles. You're just yeah. like, just imagine like the cursive like live laugh love yeah. on the wall, but it says my tongue is fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're yeah. good. Just so that's in the real life world, but mm -hmm. in pretend Star Wars land, a place that is like set up apart from that. I think the appeal of being like fooey with all that, I'm gonna be a bad guy. Like yeah. I'm gonna do the the bad guy thing i think that that's kind of fun in a pretend sense that you're able to be the villain yeah i don't like my favorite star wars character is darth maul so i i have an allure to the the villain side of characters maybe it's the horse fan in me to where i like kind of the villainous characters not because i like look up to them but darth maul and general grievous are like they're yeah. scary designs yeah, exactly and they're also just cool you know like the yeah, power of so cool. cool the power of cool is very real in star wars yes. but also you know contrastly leia is one of my favorite characters so you kind of have <laughs> like the epitome of evil and the epitome of light you know yeah. they can i can be inspired by by leia but then i can contrastly think that maul's a really cool character and then also goes through a really fascinating journey that's true as, as a character but in pretend star wars land i think it would be kind of fun to really because th that's more of a sense of fantasy for me because i can understand what it's not that i'm like a, a hero or anything right but i can understand you know going through your day-to-day -day, trying to make the right choice and trying to make the world that you're in a better place but when you're in fake star wars land it's like okay well i'm gonna do the opposite of that i'm gonna be the bad guy like i think that that's yeah. kind of fun Granted, if I was in real Star Wars world, I think that I would try to do what I try to do now to be more of a, a character with honor and try to do right, not, <laughs> you know, the right you thing. Know, maybe a, a bit of a scoundrel. Exactly. You know? But I think being at a place like this, just letting oh, loose a yeah. little bit, letting your, 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 your first order hair down, <laughs> let that general <laughs> I, I do, hair down. <laughs> I do agree. I Did you ever, I, I know you're a PlayStation guy. Yes. Um, did you ever play any of the infamous games? 
No, I am familiar with the games, okay. but I when I when those games came out, I didn't have a PS3. I had, oh, a, right, I had, had an, an Xbox, Xbox 360, 360. Yeah, so okay. I never had the chance to play those. I, yeah. Did they remaster those for PS4? They, I don't think that they did. If they did, actually, I'd be playing that. Um, Maybe I it's know, on like PlayStation Store or something. I know like the that. one that they came out with for PlayStation 4 at its launch is like still really popular, and it's you yeah. know. Maybe but I'd anyways, at it. but yeah, that, but it's the same idea where <laughs> I remember playing uh, the first two as a young boy, and I was always a bad guy because it was so much harder to be a good guy. Right. Where it's like you have to like yeah. you're shooting around stuff and you have to like try to not hit people. And every time you do, it's like, oh, it takes away a bit yeah. of your, your good side. Same karma. with like games like Red Dead Redemption or yep. even to tie it back to Star Wars KOTOR. Like, yeah. I haven't played that game to its entirety, but that game is full of, you know, like, are you going to be you know, more of a light side character, more of a dark side character. Yeah. Especially in games like Red Dead, another game I haven't played. <laughs> I imagine it's probably also difficult to be the good guy because I've seen like our friend Bailey play mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, you got a debt to collect from this family and their boy, their, their boy's got, he's got tuberculosis. It's like you're going to be the good guy. You're going to be the good guy here and <laughs> kill the him, son. You got, you're going to let him pass or you're going to, you got to take the son <laughs> hostage or whatever. <laughs> it's so much easier to be a bad guy and stuff exactly. like that. So I understand. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm not uh, running a charity here. Force, Sorry, kid. <laughs> the, the force unleashes a little bit like that yeah, as well. A little you know? bit. Yeah, totally. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. I think the, the, the power of choice in the real world is very important. And the power of choice in star Wars is a huge theme. But I think the idea of having fun and having a bit of play can mm-hmm. be kind of fun and being a first order uh, informant. I'm not sure exactly what, you know, that entails. I don't know if you're going up to the stormtroopers and you're like, hey, I saw a rebel spy over there. Yeah, you better go get him. You, you know, report that. <laughs> yeah, because I know at Galaxy's Edge, you can be like running around and run into Vimerati or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know she can ask like oh is it go is it okay to pass through this passage or whatever and you're able to like help her along the way again that's probably for children i don't know if she's gonna be (laughs) asking me you know an adult to to help her along the way i would be more than happy to but i'm not sure uh exactly what that experience would be like yeah hopefully someday we'll be able to find out but that day is not today (laughs) nope not today uh speaking of some evil characters uh, we've got some news about Darth Vader, uh, as well as some other Jedi, and uh, some potential uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi news. We've got some quotes here from Sung Kang, who's going to be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious films, he also plays Han uh, in those films. Uh, he's back in Furious 9. Don't know if you saw the movie, Fast 9? I didn't. It's not actually. very good. I've I've only seen one Fast and Furious movie. And it wasn't F9? And it wasn't F9. Okay. <laughs> it was just the seventh one. Well, so. damn. Um, well, I'll fill you in a little bit. This guy, uh, is his name is Han, not Solo, but Han. Just Han. Uh, and he is in the Fast and Furious films, and he's also going to be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, the show has been filming for about three months now, and we have had some some quotes trickle down here and there from some of the cast members who have talked about their experience on that show, uh, but not a lot from uh, this actor here. And I almost, you know, legitimately forgot that he was in the show. So when I saw this quote, I was like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. in the show. Good for him. <laughs> um, but he was uh, announced to be part of the cast of the show back in late March. Uh, we don't know a ton about his character, but he was able to speak about his experience here. And I want to read some of these quotes. We've got two here. 
One of them is more just about the fun of being in Star Wars, which is pretty common when you have an actor who's doing it for the first time. Yes. Um, but I want to read Especially this one. Especially a young person now. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. Somebody who grew up probably, presumably with the Star Wars films yeah. is able to be a part of it. So I want to read this quote here. This is more of the, the news aspect of it. Um, and we will be able to break it down. So he says, the feeling that I get on set is every single crew member, you look in their eyes and it's kind of like a kid growing. I grew up watching Star Wars like this is my dream to be here to see one of those Star Wars characters or a Darth Vader character, you know, one of the Jedi's walking around. That's a bit of the quote there. Uh, and then he talks about how he used to dress up in these Halloween costumes like he had a Darth Vader one and a Luke Skywalker one. Uh, it was all put together like with duct tape after a while. <laughs> the fact that I'm actually on set and they're putting a Star Wars costume on me. Like, come on, dude. It's like pinch yourself, right? I love that quote. Well I love, said. I love that. I think it's so, <laughs> so fun, adorable. Uh, it's kind of, you know, the dream come true. We were talking about pretending and Star Wars and being a kid and I had Star Wars costumes and, yeah. you know, the lightsabers and everything. I'm still waiting to fully break into my my uh, my Anakin costume for Halloween. I did last year a little bit, but yeah. obviously we were uh, – I wasn't doing any <laughs> trick-or-treating or partying. No, last, you were just this, sitting on your – you're on your couch just being yeah. like Halloween. Yeah, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I'll eat a full-size Kit Kat that I got from Meyer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you and I did a little bit of our – you know, we had costumes when we went to Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. I had never really done that before and doing that, there is this sense of fun. Even Boy, though it was it's, so fun. Even though like our costumes were kind of kit bashed together and they were like, you know, not 501st, you know, like kind of these super, super well thought out and you know very intricate costumes yeah even just being on the 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 more cheaper side of these costumes it's so fun to just kind of dive into these characters absolutely granted when we were walking around i wasn't like you know acting like an imperial officer that's who i dressed up as was moff gerard to be specific yes still like dressing up and putting on the regalia it's it's fun it's very fun it's a good time and, and i yeah and i i obviously my my uh cosplay was was boba fett young boba fett from the from clone, clone wars, wars series which is and, a great deep cut yeah because yeah. i'm a short guy i can't there's not a whole lot that i can do <laughs> like dress up as children I can look like a child i guess <laughs> um but it was it was really cool like having only a few people you know, yeah. be like, oh, my gosh, really, you know, really totally. cool idea. And, yeah. you know, there's one person that was like, can I please get a picture with you? Yeah. Which that's makes, so yeah, yeah. Which is great. You makes know? it that makes it really fun. Totally. Also, that reminded me you mentioned the 501st. I think this is a funny story. I have often thought about when we met that 501st guy after we saw yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And yeah, yeah he totally. Was, he was like kind of a jerk because <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing like the 501st official like hawaiian shirt i don't know like the the, the short sleeve college you know, the, the, the the typical standard issue it was hawaiian like a guy shirt. fietti like hawaiian <laughs> shirt but it was like 501st and yeah we were like did you just see rise of skywalker and he was like no man i don't like star wars of course i just saw it it's like yeah. what do you mean i'm wearing a 501st shirt yeah we're like you're like no we assume all right we're just sorry trying to have a conversation get your perspective i mean from what i've heard some of the not to say all, of course, if we've got any fans who are part of the 501st, but there has a, from what I've gathered, there's some kind of stuff going on in yes, there involved yeah. with particularly some of the, the, the women involved in that. And you know how it is not being treated very respectfully. I <laughs> uh, hope they get that ironed out. But <laughs> speaking of ironing uh, costumes, yeah, costumes, <laughs> we're back on that. Um, 
I just yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy that we're we're able to get some of these quotes and to see someone who is such a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Finally put on that costume and you, you know, once you snap that last button it starts to all come together and mm-hmm. we've I've remember there was a there was a conversation that Pedro Pascal and Ewan McGregor had on the actors on actors. I think it's Vanity Fair that does it. Yeah. But they're just talking about putting the costume back on and how that like immediately makes you feel like, you know, like you're five years old again, seeing stormtroopers and things like that. It's like, how how can you not be a kid in a yeah. moment like that? But the, the the part here that I wanted to talk about is we, we've talked about how we can put our tinfoil hats on. Mm-hmm. It's time to secure them. OK, wrapped around neatly. Yeah, point on the top. Crimp it on the sides. Yeah. Um, in this quote, he says he refers to some of the other characters that will be on this show, and he says Jedi's walking around. So, in the Obi Wan Kenobi series, do you think it's possible? I'm Jedi is already like it's kind of like deer, you know, it's a yes. singular and plural version. But he says Jedi's with an S, which grammatically is incorrect, but is maybe referring to multiple Jedi in this show. Who are some other Jedi that you could anticipate seeing, or do you think this is more of a flashback scenario type thing? What are I, you thinking? I do expect there to be some some amount of flashbacks in um, in the show. I think that makes sense because, again, you're you have to make a story out of you know yeah this guy's alone on a desert planet. Um, you know what are some of the things that he's going to be thinking about here in exile yeah um so i do expect a lot of flashbacks and i um again this is a this is a pipe dream for me i don't know how likely this is um but we know from a little bit of clone wars and the mortis arc and we know from um you know one small line in revenge of the sith that yeah there's a possibility that we'll get you know some connection with qui-gon god i would love that so much yeah um I think that that's probably possible. I think that, um, you know, you might be seeing some, I, maybe it's like some hologram, like hologram communication, um, with some other people that are maybe still possibly alive right now. So I don't know who that could be, but I'm like thinking of the ways that it could come about logically. Yeah. Um, even as far as to say, maybe there's just a bunch of stunt doubles that are also wearing Obi Wan's, you know, yeah, cloak and everything. Possible. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> wow, there's I, so I, many Jedi I here. I didn't think about that. That's um, super possible. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I think that I, like I I don't want to just just to rip a couple holes in the tinfoil hat. Like sure. I don't want to be like, oh, and then someone's gonna come interact with him, and then they're gonna be. You know, they're going to be bouncing around yeah. on Tatooine. Ahsoka confirmed in yeah, the Obi-Wan no. <laughs> Kenobi series. Right. Yeah, totally. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's super likely. So, um, but I, I think that my one big tinfoil hat thing is, is Qui-Gon. Right. Um, because that would be incredible. I'm right there with you in regards to the Qui-Gon stuff. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson's been pretty dodgy with saying like, you know, excuse me, like, oh, are you in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? And he's just like flat out like, nope. No, I'm not. Nobody's nobody's asked me. I'm not in it, which I don't completely believe, because I think if you are going to do a series like this, and this is likely the last time that Ewan McGregor will don the role of of Obi Wan Kenobi, and this is such a fan favorite character. I've said it before. In any piece of fiction that is upcoming in the in the coming years, TV shows, movies books, comics, anything. This is my most anticipated. Like, Absolutely. I cannot wait for this. Um, 
And I think that if you're going to bring this character back, and there's a lot of people who have such a love for not just Obi-Wan, but this particular version in this in this performance in Obi-Wan, I think you have to really pull out all the stops and you have to bring back the Liam Neeson to play Qui-Gon I agree, yeah. as a force ghost. Not only that, but also we know that Hayden Christensen is in the show. We do. So I would be more than willing to bet that we are going to get some flashbacks with Anakin. Of yeah, course. In the Clone Wars where they're able to. Maybe there's a nice moment between the two of them and it's some sort of dream that or nightmare that Obi-Wan is having or, you know, flashing back to Mustafar and seeing, you know, what happened or something like that. Obi-Wan is dealing with a lot of guilt at this time. Yeah. And it makes sense that he would think about the past and think about where it could have gone wrong and where Anakin potentially started to turn to the dark side. And if there was anything that he could do to stop it, mm -hmm. I think it's totally Totally uh, uh, possible that we could see Anakin don his, you know, Clone Wars outfit, which Boy, would be great. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be so great. good. That'd be so good. Just, oh, man, that would just see that because we haven't really seen that in live action other than like some hot toys. You know, yeah. like that's as close as we get to and Star like, Wars Battlefront as well as like, yeah, it's yeah. close. Right. So we get to kind of imagine what it would look like. But to see Hayden and Ewan actually in those costumes, I mean, come on. Like, that, how could that you would not? Be insane. That would just be the best. Um, I, another thing I think that is possible um, that that maybe Obi-Wan could be, you know, I, I have a feeling that he'll be searching for um, anybody else that survived Order 66. And I can see kind of either some flashbacks of Order 66 with maybe other Jedi council members. Yeah. Um, or, you know, searching for other Jedi that are still totally. out there. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is just kind of one of those things that we've gotten so much new media that says like also this person exists and they also survived order 66 sure um you know so there's i think there's stuff out there yeah i would like to keep the scope of the show a bit smaller oh me too because i want this to really be about the characters i don't need a lot of wikipedia entries to where like and then obi-wan met up with cal kestis and then they did this adventure right, right. i don't need to see a lot of that kind of stuff and i nor do i really want to we know that Obi-Wan has sent like a, a distress signal out to some of the other Jedi warning them about what's going on. But I would just like to really spend the time with Obi-Wan. You know, if 70% of this series is Obi-Wan thinking and talking, great. I'm yeah, thrilled. I'm you there. Know? <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Like I don't need to see a lot of lightsaber. If, if Obi-Wan ignites his lightsaber twice in this whole series, I will not be disappointed. I would yeah. be, I'd be thrilled. Well, even still, I think there's there's still rules of of, you know, the time period that we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, and when you get stuff like Star Wars Rebels, which is even, you know, a little bit further from that, where, you know, Kanan is so reserved to to take out his lightsaber. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and, and hides it very often. And we know that in um, episode four, uh, Obi-Wan, you know, tries to conceal everything. And sure. Um, Except you when know, he's at the bar. Except when he's at the bar. <laughs> and he's like, hell, I'm leaving. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting off limbs left and right, dude. That's true. Don't mess with me. Yeah. Um, but he's I think like, I'm sick of it. I've been on this, I've been on this freaking planet for like 20 years now. Just, I'm tired of this guy. Yeah. I've come to this bar so many times and he's always giving me problems. <laughs> That's funny. He like he's a regular and he's just constantly being like super drunk and he's just like, oh my god. I want to cut this guy's arm off so bad. <laughs> and then one day, finally... he snapped. 
oh, you'll man. be dead. And he's like, oh, buddy, you don't even like, oh, know. Just, just, I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I, I get some of that idea that it's like we do need to see Obi-Wan as kind of this sad older guy, please. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want I, I want that introspection of, sure, sure. you know, what what do you get with a character after such a loss? For sure. Um, yeah. And I think it's also possible to think that, you know, maybe they're not, quote unquote, Jedi, but seeing maybe some Inquisitors or something like that oof, pop up in the show. Man, what if? Very possible as well. So there's lots of possibilities that could happen with this show in regards to, obviously, you know, this says that Darth Vader's in it. We kind of knew that Darth Vader is going to be in it. Yeah. So that's not to say that, you know, this this actor has scenes with Darth Vader, maybe. Or maybe he just passed him in the break room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just like just taking five on set. He's like, like all oh, right, no, Darth Vader over there. Uh, Jennifer brought a uh, meat and cheese tray. <laughs> so we're going like, to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just waltzing over. They're like, hey, you got to take the costume off. He's like, oh, meat and cheese. Like, <laughs> it's like the salami doesn't get okay. I just want, yeah. like, no, there's grease. Just. Come on, please. Yeah. I, so that's not to say that they have scenes together. We don't know a lot about this character, so it's entirely possible that they do. Maybe he's an Imperial character. We don't really know. Um, but I really like him in Fast and Furious. I was, you know, of the few things that I enjoyed <laughs> about uh, uh, Fast 9 or F9, Function 9, the uh, whatever you want to call it, the uh, F9, the, the his involvement in it was something that I was glad to see return to because I really like his performances in those movies. And I'm so happy to see him in Star Wars. So we will uh, continue to break down his role in, the, in that show if we are to hear anything else. But in the meantime, we've got another Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters story this time. Uh, we've got a particular Job of the Hut storyline. This is issue number one. Now, I'm going to warn you. It's very interesting. This but is a long, long issue. Is it really? Yeah. Instead of being the typical like $3.99 price, this thing was $5. Oh, boy. Uh, which just means it's it's a bit bigger. So it's a thicker issue. So there's some stuff to break down here. We've got the introduction of some new characters here. Got a lot to break down. So let's do it. Tell me about it. So the issue begins. Uh, there's a, I'll warn you. There's a lot of flashbacks going back to present day flashbacks present day so okay. it's kind of like it, it bounces around a lot so i'm get gonna get my notepad I'm, out yeah so i'm gonna say you know meanwhile or like flashback to whatever okay. so that that's gonna happen a lot uh, so the issue begins and we are on tatooine at jabba's palace where uh jabba is talking to bib fortuna he's like hey man where's this han solo guy i order and i ordered him you know 30 minutes or less ago yeah, tracking <laughs> yeah. says the tracking says he is in the oven okay like <laughs> so this issue does take place a, full, a, a few issues before the auction because we know okay. that yeah jabba eventually goes to the auction so right. this is i guess a prequel but within this prequel there are also also flashbacks okay why this issue didn't come out a few weeks ago who's to say don't know <laughs> not me um, so he's talking to Bib Fortuna, wondering when Han Solo is going to be delivered to him. And Bib Fortuna is like, hey, man, I've tried to contact Boba Fett. He's nowhere around uh, ever since he went to Nar Shadda with Solo. Haven't been able to talk to him. And Jabba's like, fine. Uh, send one of my favorite bounty hunters, my new favorite bounty hunters, he says, to uh, send Diva Lompop to Lompop. go get Sola. Uh, Sola. Solo. Lompop. Um, so in this episode or this issue, we are introduced to Diva Lompop. That's that's what you're going with. I like the name Diva. Not sure about Lompop. Lompop yeah, Lom is not a very uh, intimidating name. That's very like, um, you know, she like 
comes in. It's it's a girl. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. She, as far as we know. Yes. Yes. Um, she comes in and is like, "You're about to feel the wrath of, of Diva Lompop," and everybody <laughs> starts like, laughing. She's like, "Shut up!" Yeah. <laughs> I like Diva. I think that that's an interesting name. And if you, I, I attached a photo of this character in this. I've in this taken issue, a peek. Yes. Because I wanted you to to look at it, but. I think Diva's a fitting name. She's got this 80s, you know, hair metal kind of. Yeah, totally. Like, got that vibe, which I think is is fun. You know, in Mm -hmm. in Star Wars where we can have like a six foot tall green rabbit. Why not? Why the (laughs) hell not? Uh, I don't know exactly what kind of species she is, but. They even allude to that in this issue where some characters are like, are you Trandoshan? And she's like, no. She's like, are you sure? They literally literally ask, like, are you sure you're not Trandoshan? So. I like this character. I will say that, but not sure about Lompop. Uh, I think Diva is a perfectly cool name. What's what's a what's a better name like than like, Lompop? Um, if it was like Diva, you know, Strike Force or something. There it is. That's much better than Lompop already. <laughs> something kind of spookier, you know. Yes. Like if, yeah. if you're gonna have like uh, an '80s kind of inspired character, maybe go to like you know. Those type of G.I. Joe names yes, to or something really silly. And it, you just hear it and you're like, oh, that sounds like an action figure. You know? Yeah, like a Decepticon's name. It's exactly. Just like, yeah, yeah. Strike Force or it's like yeah. Yeah. Metal Crasher. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but Lompop sounds uh, sounds like a, a strawberry shortcake character. Yeah, it like, does. Hi, I'm Lompop. <laughs> <laughs> and if you read this issue, uh, she is literally the furthest thing from strawberry shortcake. She does some stuff in this movie. Uh, and so Jabba reaches out to Diva and she's just chilling in her robe. We don't really get to see the full the full get up at this time. She's kind of yeah. just hanging out. Uh, and her assistant tells her that Bib Fortuna is trying to contact her for a job. And she's like, I'm a freaking God, I hate this dude. I hate this guy. I don't want to work for Jabba because she alludes to the fact that she's had some history for him and that she did a job. She took a job, wasn't fully paid. And she's like, look, I no thanks, man. That's interesting. And at this time, we uh, flash back to this incident. So we get a little bit of backstory about okay. why she's so hesitant to work for Jabba uh, and why she actually apparently has an outstanding debt with Jabba. Uh, so back at Jabba's palace, you know, in, in yesteryear, mm-hmm. uh, Diva, along with Boba Fett, are tasked with eliminating a guy named Jarm or J- Jarm Brock. Got a lot of interesting, colorful names in this issue. Uh, he works for Boku the Hut and is disrupting Jabba's dealings. Boku. Boku is the hut that's crazy ripped. The one that looks oh, like he's got a bow yeah. flex. I was gonna say, I was like, I know, I know that name. He's got like an eight pack. He is like he's the he's the the muscular one. He did uh, yeah. he's, he's did the P90X. <laughs> of all the I think I know five different huts. Uh he's one of them and he's definitely my favorite. Yeah, he's easily identifiable and like Frankie is the close second. <laughs> I'll never stop talking about Frankie the Hut. Uh so Jabba persuades Diva to go along with Boba and tells her, like, hey, you better go along with this plan, uh, because uh Supposedly, the debt that she has to, uh, uh, to 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 Jabba is worth a lot more than just money. So apparently, he he did something or she did something to to you know to 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 say that this you know the debt that you have got to get it sorted out. Um, so back in present day, we catch up with Diva, who is on Narshada, uh, where she is. She's catcalled by some men on nice. Narshada. She's looking for Boba Fett, trying to find him. Remember, at this time, Boba Fett is. 
doing like the cage fighting and he's you know he meets the dexter jetster looking guy yeah yeah um so she's trying to find what's going on and she's catcalled by some men and she stabs these fools through the head oh literally there's a like a frame where she's got the knife like under their chin and it's like the knife is like poking out the top of their head great some big john wick energy <laughs> totally so, I, wow I, yeah like if she, she's like you want to laugh at lom pop let's see how you're laughing now yeah. <laughs> i just thought that that was what a way to introduce this character like yeah. we don't really know much about them and she's just stabbing fools this through is the funny. Head. you're like sitting there reading and you're like chuckling to yourself like huh lom pop yeah that's br- oh then, my and, god and then, and then a hand reaches through the comic itself and stabs me through the head like yeah. freddy krueger style way to go you laughed you shouldn't have uh so yeah i was just very much so like wow what an introduction so she stabs these guys uh, and then continues looking for boba flashback to tatooine uh where diva and boba they're scouting out yarms or jarms or Jarms. Yarms. Yarp. <laughs> <laughs> They're scouting out this guy's location, trying to figure out what the what the scoop is. Uh, and when they are scouting out this location, they learn that the rival hut is no longer in control of this town. Instead, the Soikians, something like that. I'm telling you, there's a lot of names in here. Interesting. So, uh, the Soikians have taken over. Uh, job is like, okay, well, that shouldn't be as big of an issue. Make sure you get him back alive now. So they want this Jarm guy back alive. So Boba and Diva go to a local tavern in search of information. They're talking to this bartender and they're like, hey, where's this guy? Bartender's like, I don't know. I don't, can I get you a drink? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, Jarm busts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, literally just, just like, boom. Oh, yeah. Goes through the wall. And then at this time, we learn that uh, Diva and Jarm apparently used to have like a some sort of a romantic relationship. Um, Boba Fett uh, makes this comment, which will come up later, where she says, like, he says, you, you strike me as the type of girl that would typically eat their ex-boyfriend. And she's like. I normally do, but Zabrax are a little chewy. So this, this funny. Jarm guy is a little chewy. So she apparently also eats people, which is, you know. Great. <laughs> yeah. Another little uh, little sprinkling of funness that but she has. not Zabrax. Not Zabrax. They got the horns and everything. I imagine it's a little, little tough. Why would, you, why would you do that? You wouldn't, wouldn't want it. It's like trying to eat a pineapple with the with this the skin still on you you don't want that make it cutting in the inside of your mouth no Ugh. good at all so you got to hollow them out you got to peel the skin off the zabrak and then you can eat what's inside i guess <laughs> sure throw that in the cookbook Ooh. um so yeah at this at this time boba fett does some boba fett stuff does some like you know cool boba fett stuff i've made it very open on this podcast not, not a boba fett fan not dumb boba fett stuff like falling around yeah and- like the quote-unquote cool Boba, okay. Boba Fett stuff. I was a little disappointed that we saw that because we spent a lot of the series with Boba Fett doing cool Boba Fett stuff. I mean, just a couple issues ago, he was fighting Bosk, cut off Bosk's legs, and I just thought that this would have been another opportunity to show this new character, Diva, like show her doing some kick-ass stuff. It's like, I've seen Boba Fett do cool stuff. I kind of want to spend some more time with this other character. Not to say that she doesn't do cool stuff. She does a lot of it in this issue. I think this could have been an opportunity to show her, you know, being also, you know, up to snuff with someone like Boba Fett. Right, where right. If you want to find someone to track down Boba Fett, you're, if you go to D.Va, she obviously has to be, you know, a kind of she's got to handle her own, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought this would have been a cool time to see that. But we don't get to. Um 
which is unfortunate. Whatever. So back on Narshada, uh, she meets up with Doc Ragon, who is a Besilisk, uh, the same species as Dexter Jester, mm-hmm. uh, which is the same guy that we learned uh, or saw earlier that Boba met with. Um, she's getting the uh, information. She's talking with this guy. Uh, she temporarily poisons Ragon uh, and then, you know, kind of just dips out. It's Very a quick classy. little moment where she's Very. able to get what she needs, hit the road. So again, back on Tatooine, Fett and Diva are interrogating Yarm for information when uh, Diva stabs Boba in the leg and incapacitates him. Dang. So she's got some sort of like sedative on the knife. And so she kind of like takes him out and then she's able to talk to Yarm and been like, hey, buddy, how's it been? You know, what's 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 new? And he's like, oh, my God, you wouldn't freaking believe it. Uh, I'm working for Crimson Dawn. It's great. We're doing we're doing a lot of big moves out here. You should come join up with us. And she's like, okay, thanks for telling me. And then she unhinges her jaw and begins to eat this dude. Oh. I know. Oh. (laughs) She gets like this big like Jennifer's body looking like, you know, thing. And I'm into it. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness. I thought she didn't eat Zabrax. Uh, Well, funny you should mention that. So uh, once Fett comes to, I think it was supposed to like lure this dude into telling her what she needs. You know, so she's able to you know, uh, get the information and go. And back at Jabba's palace, Boba Fett uh, and and her kind of uh, Jabba mentions, he's like, oh, I thought you were about to, you, you scared us for a second. I thought you were about to like turn on us. And she like tosses Jabba, this dude's head. So apparently she just ate the rest, you know, and just like ate around. Again, the it's the horns. You don't want yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Probably there's teeth in there too. Ugh, I mean, no. I, I don't know if she eats this, these guys. I don't know if she eats the bones as well, or if she kind of like nibbles around it like a chicken wing. You know? Right, right. She's got like a plate of that's what I would do. Zabrak you bones. Know? Of course, it's the only logical thing. You're just to ta- do. tossing out the bones like like Scar from the Lion King. I'm trying to now, I'm trying to think of like what's the most edible alien in Star Wars. Like what alien seems so delicious? Uh, what's the uh, what's that that pet from Resistance? That girl's pet. Uh, I don't know what they're what they're called. We saw one of them in the Bad oh, Batch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't um, know what that species is called. I know exactly. They're like a little, like like little a, dogs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd totally eat one of those. <laughs> I think when I Chewie, don't care when Chewie's eating a porg, looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. And also, if you you've got you know apparently a lot of people eat lizard monkeys. Yeah. Uh, so right, I'm sure that would be. Yeah. I'm sure that would be yummy. I'm looking at you. <laughs> looking at you over there, <laughs> salacious. The this is not a visual medium, but I have a salacious crumb uh, plush toy. <laughs> so I'm looking at him. He's looking kind of delicious. He's I haven't had a, lunch yet. He's so. looking a little tasty. <laughs> um, but my vote is Porg. Apparently, Diva's vote is uh, people. A- so anything. <laughs> literally anything. Anything, anyone. Again, crazy shit. What an introduction. Yeah. Um, so uh, she tosses this head to to Jabba, kind of lets him know that Crimson Dawn uh, is. Oh no 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 no! Excuse me. Um, they are when they are uh, communicating and 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 present day. She 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 lets Jabba know that she has located Fett. She kind of contacts Jabba to be like, Hey, what's going on? What's my next move? What should I do next? And then at this time, this dude, this messenger waltzes into Jabba's palace and he is coming there on behalf of Crimson Dawn and gives Jabba an invitation to this auction that we eventually will see. And then meanwhile, we see Diva, who is also in contact with someone from Crimson Dawn. And she kind of just lets this person know that, like, I'm totally going to kill Jabba, by the way. I've got beef with this dude. I'm sick of dealing with him. I'm going to kill this fool. 
So that is leading up to what we will eventually see maybe at this auction. But that's kind of the issue. Um, well, we know that she doesn't. We know that she doesn't kill Jabba, of course. Miss, so uh, the Hut Slayer kills kills Jabba. It's true, but there's there's story to be had there. Now, totally, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I'm as far as this issue goes. There's a lot that happens, a lot of backing back and forth in time. Um, some interesting things that happen in regards to the violence. This is a pretty violent issue. It's interesting. Which I'm, a, I'm completely here for. Oh yeah. Um, I'm always down to to see new new bounty hunters, fun new bounty hunters, um, and. The fact that she's like eating people—that's a great little nod, or not a nod. That's a great little inclusion. I just—I'm excited. I'm down, down for Diva. Tip my hat to uh, to you, Diva. <laughs> Just—I uh, could do without the name Lompop. <laughs> Man, and I almost forgot. I legitimately didn't think about the fact that her last name is Lompop. Maybe it's like how you know in the in the wild you have like because her hair is also like very feathery and colorful yeah. you know in the wild like the more colorful the animal is it's probably like poisonous or like dangerous frogs and stuff like that okay like spiders or whatever yeah so maybe it's something like that even with the name lompop you're like yeah whatever and then she eats your ass <laughs> literally <laughs> literally <eats your> ass. <laughs> anyway got some bad batch to talk about here the newest episode uh titled infected um, infested we, rather oh excuse me excuse me uh infested we've only got a few episodes left in this season i think maybe like three or four uh so what are your spoiler free thoughts on infested uh i my spoiler free thoughts golly um i'll say this i think that this episode was misplaced mm-hmm. uh, i think they meant to put it earlier in the season it was an accident it was an accident uh it's disjointed yeah it's out of place it is frustrating it's yeah. not the content of the episode is not terrible um it's right. not a step it's not a step backwards right but it is frustrating and i'll say this kind of as an all across the board thing is i don't know I don't know what the connection is here, um, but we've gotten with with these new Disney Plus shows, and I and I do not want to say this for like, oh, it's all across the board. Sure, it's just a frustrating trend that, or maybe a maybe not a trend, but a pattern that yeah. has popped up. That's you know, boy, you know, we're getting close to the end here. Um, why did I have to see that? Sure, you know, yeah. And I hate to be so cynical about it, but again, this is. The show is becoming, you know, uh, a contender for, you know, for one of my favorites of of what we've seen so far in new Star Wars media. Yeah. And um, and it's it's hard when, it, you know, when something like this is like, no, yeah. like you're doing so well, like, yeah. don't, don't let me down now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're getting close to the end. And it's like, come on, you like. You're doing me wrong here. Yeah. You're doing me dirty. I'm right there with you. I think the show had really built up some momentum. And oh, absolutely. Since Momentum's we're, a really good way to put it. <laughs> we, yeah, we were reaching the end of this, and last week's episode was so great. And we really got to see, feel like, okay, we're reaching a place. You had yeah. Crosshair, and he was like, do I have permission to go after these guys? And it's like, okay, we're going to start seeing everything come to a head and start to culminate and start to see all of this stuff you know, this, this stuff really start to snowball into oh, this eventual avalanche. And I just felt like 
doing this. We're back renting skis. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> we're back at the beginning. Not even forget the avalanche. But like we're back at the beginning now. Like, yeah, we're still going back up the ski lift. Like I think I don't dislike Sid as a character. I'll say no, that. So yeah, to, to, to this episode, spoiler free thoughts is it's very, it's 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 the Bad Batch doing more jobs, and yeah. I I think. I don't dislike Sid as an episode and I like what she means to the characters in the Bad Batch. And, you know, we talked about the power of choice and who are you going to be in the the galaxy? Are you going to be part of the rebellion? Are you going to be the mercenary? Are you even, going to be fill in the blank? Even further than that, what's your usefulness? Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. Is, is a really good question that her character yeah. asks. Proposes. Yeah. You yeah. have these skills. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. And I like Sid as a character and I think she fulfills a certain you know, role in this show. But when the batch were like, okay, we paid off the debt to Sid. I was kind of under the impression that that chapter for Sid was at least partially closed to where it's like, okay, now they are going to start. Now you don't have an obligation to right, be now. She's Sid. a resource. Not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have an obligation towards Sid. If you want to do a job, then that's your choice to do it. And I think that this episode really just halts a lot of momentum that we were having and goes back to, Okay, well, we've got a job to do. And I think a lot of the time, in whether it's Mandalorian or what have you, you have a certain narrative, you know, climb that's happening. And if you look at the first season of Mandalorian, I feel like that's super evident to where you have this overall story that's happening. You have a couple episodes. I will say this, the difference, but I'll, I'll get to that. But you have this overall story that's happening. And then you have a few episodes that are kind of just like little side quests where, yeah. okay, we reach this hiccup. In order for that to be resolved, we have to probably fulfill some sort of job to somebody else. They have mm -hmm. fuel. Okay, well, I need to do a thing to get the fuel. I will say, though, even in The Mandalorian, uh, I prefer the first season to the second one. I think even in those episodes, we are able to learn something about the character. And they give us little pieces about the characters. For me, where this episode falls short is I don't feel like we were let in to anything about these characters right at the beginning of this episode they're talking i don't think it's a spoiler but they talk about how sid has consistently omitted some information from the bad batch and i was thinking that like okay this is some time to learn some truths about sid about her motivations and her as a person and i just really didn't think that we learned a lot about sid any of the members of the Bad Batch, um, I think this episode could have been some learning moments from some of them specifically, which we'll talk about. But I just thought it was just not doing it for me. And maybe in down the line, maybe in a season two or something like that, you might be like, OK, now I can appreciate that episode a bit more. Right. But as far right. as right here, right now, the the day that this episode came out, I was I was pretty let down to be yeah. disappointed. This is the first episode of the Bad Batch that when it was over, I was like, I had a negative feeling where I was like, eh, okay, well, that was that, you know? <laughs> right. No, you're right. And I, I, I think about halfway through, I, there's again, for me too, there's not been, there's not been any episodes where I've been like, uh, how do I feel about this? Am I, yeah. am I on the fence? It's usually the, been positive. The one yeah. that comes to mind is, <laughs> the rancor episode right. which is the first the first job that they do for sid yeah um but even that felt more in place because it was the natural progression of where they were at the time sure and it introduced a lot of 
Yeah, you and know, even in that episode, you're able to see Omega really come into her own. And absolutely. Be, like, she's sneaking around and trying to free them, and she gets her little energy bow, and there's a progression of her as a teammate, and not just, oh, it's the kid that we have to keep safe. Yep. No, she's a member of the Bad Batch. She right. She has a usefulness. So, when I was when I was watching the episode this morning, I, I, I think by the halfway point, I already kind of had that taste in my mouth. Yeah, you're just like, like, oh, this oh. is going to be one of those episodes. Yeah, yeah. and I actually... Um, when I was watching it this morning, I do remember I paused it at like 18 minutes or so because I yeah. was like, are we done with this? Like, yeah, this was was that like, is that it? And then it like kind of kept going. And I was like, this feels so yeah disjointed, disconnected. Totally. Really. I know what you're talking about, too. It kind of reaches a, an end in. And I was assuming that, OK, well, that'll be next episode, which will make me feel a bit better about this episode. But it seems like it really is tied off in a little bow. And it's just like. Okay, I didn't really learn anything new about the characters. I feel like the status quo at the beginning of the episode is fulfilled to where it's like, well, Sid is, well, I guess that's kind of a spoiler, I, I, would, I would say. Yeah, you want to go bit. into spoilers a little bit? I would say, spoiler-free thoughts, my judgment is th- thumbs down. This is the first episode of the season that's been thumbs down for me uh, that I've just not enjoyed. I didn't think we learned anything new about the character. I don't think anything really progressed in far of the, as far as the narrative goes i yeah, feel like yeah the beginning of the episode where we are at at the end of the episode it's kind of just the same it's the same space you know like we didn't gain anything and i just i could have done without you know again if this would have been episode four or whatever maybe would have felt differently about it but when you have a few episodes left in the season especially with last episode how it ends and you really have that oh gosh this is gonna this is it you know yeah. it's just kind of like okay sure i agree know? i Unfortunately, I'm a thumbs down here. Yeah. Um, and I do think because I was thinking it's about it's not it. like an emphatic, angry thumbs down. It's just no. kind of like a mm-hmm, like, man, that's, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that this episode would have served as a better introduction to Sid um, and yeah. their relationship. Sure. Um, because I think that this episode does have merit um, here. It does not. Yeah. So or, you know, this is how they are able to clear their. Right. Like, right. Okay, okay. Well, not, yeah, not Omega gambling a bunch of times sure. off screen. Totally. Yeah. Which I get, I, I understand <clears throat> character wise. That's an important thing for her. It shows that yeah. don't leave her behind. Cause she's still useful. She's even when she's not on the mission, she's able to do things. But I think this is a, a great opportunity for them to have been able to clear their name and for them to be like, okay, well we did this for you. We did you that favor bad batch isn't getting any money from this you know so it's like right. we, we were able to do this for you that should be the clearing of our name so anyway spoiler thoughts uh at the beginning of the episode we see the bad batch who are returning to orn mantel after completing some sort of mission uh for sid no mantel mix at the beginning of this i was no, like you're expecting right. them to be munching on some of that because that's kind of their tradition they just finished a mission yeah, yeah. that's kind of their i mean it was Maybe success. Maybe it wasn't successful. They talk about how there were some some gun darks and the drop zone was occupied by gun darks. So. Apparently, there was. Yeah. Um, but we do see actually Mantel mix uh, yeah. in the episode. Yeah, one of the other guys is like munching on it, and I was I've been I've been waiting for. I know you can buy that stuff at Galaxy's Edge, but I would yeah. love for that because Galaxy's Edge, if you go to like Target or something, you can buy like stuffed animals and stuff that you can also buy at Galaxy's Edge. They okay. have it like the, it's like the Galaxy's. It's I don't know what the exact term for it is called, but you have like little tastes of what you could go have a galaxy's edge. And I yeah. would love if that was like something where you can buy these little mantel mix. Cause 
I'm a snacker. I like right. salty snacks, and I would love to be munched on some of I'm that. I'm gonna be looking stuff. up a recipe later oh, I bet today. Could, yeah, I, I bet you could make it. Yeah, maybe like some kind of kettle corn situation. Right. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Let's, okay. Let's look at the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. It's probably in there. <laughs> Honestly, it might be. Um, but they return from this mission to learn that SIDS is being occupied by Roland, who is a uh, Devorian, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a devil looking guy yeah. that you see it in the, the cantina uh, mm-hmm. the first Star Wars film. Uh, and he is occupying SIDS uh, uh, for smuggling purposes. And he learned, we learned that he has a connection to the Pikes. I will say that this was... This was probably one of my favorite things about the episode. If I had to choose is how it provides some context to why Ornamental is kind of a hive for, you know, this, this you know, lack of no better words, in, no the scum and villainy of the galaxy. Yeah, you know, it's because yeah. it's a trade route and it's, it's kind of a central location. So that's kind of the cool, crunchy Wikipedia kind of knowledge to where you're like, OK, that makes sense. Why is this place such a, a breeding ground for these kind of people? Mm-hmm. This is why I it kind of fulfilled that. For me, yeah, and I also, yeah. I, I do like some world building. I know? do like what we've seen of the Pikes in Clone Wars. I think it's a very interesting. Oh, I don't have a problem with the Pikes. Yeah, I, yeah, like you better not. Yeah, <laughs> they they're gonna come get you. Yeah, I, I like the Pikes, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad it wasn't just if it. I would have felt even more strongly about this episode if it was just some guy. Well, also, I, I was thinking about it too, and I tried not to think about it too much. That it was like, boy, this is eerily similar to an episode of clone wars that we just saw not too long ago where like somebody lost the spice yeah for the pikes and there's their boy they're so mad about it exactly you better get totally. it back exactly. i was like we've we just saw this we kind of we've, we've gone through this before totally absolutely so yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> continuing this, on this is kind of like the like you know i have missions and video games and stuff like that where it's like oh so and so has taken control of my village or whatever and you kind of have to liberate the outpost or liberate the village or whatever it yeah kind of like yeah just felt very this felt very video gamey you know this episode did which sometimes mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing in this episode it was just again we've had that momentum we're going to place right. an exciting place that's character driven that you know, I, I I wasn't looking forward to that just because I was like, cool, now we get some action. It's right. like, well, no, I, I care about these characters. I want to see them confront Crosshair. I have these questions about what his agency is in regards could we, we get glimmers of that to where maybe he's in control more than we thought. We don't know. And I was looking forward to diving into that. And then with get, so little of this show left. Yeah. And then we get this little pit stop, which I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, towards right. the end of the season or maybe even a season two. We, we might be able to appreciate it more. But. Well, I, I, and I've been playing, we were talking, I've been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. And right. so I kind of, I'm already in that mindset of being able to recognize, like having to, having to take a stop and going through this repetitive side thing. Yeah. Um, because again, like that game is, is faulty for it. Um, sure. you know, as are, as are a lot of story driven video games that have to provide you know even in a video game like spider-man you're able to if you want to or grand theft auto or red dead or whatever has a game has a lot of side missions that is more meant to you know gain your xp as a character you can upgrade costumes and things like that and you can explore what the city has to offer and meet people and be that friendly neighborhood Mm spider-man and you can if you want to you can have a beeline towards the narrative for me a game especially like miles morales which is a shorter game I want to be able to explore other things and that way I can enjoy the game a bit more yeah. and not just like, 
It's like going to a restaurant, you know, you've got your entree, but you've also got the side item. You don't want to just finish the entree and then eat the side thing. You kind of want to hop it back and forth. Right. And you're, have a, you're have curious, a meal of, of it, you're you curious about that spinach and artichoke dip yeah. and you're not going to regret it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I am hungry. I don't know if the microphone's picking it up. My stomach is literally growling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was already thinking earlier, I was like, oh boy, what am I going to make for lunch? <laughs> Uh, so back to this episode, uh, Sid, uh, she needs the Bad Batch's help kind of clearing this. I think it was Roland. Is that what it was? It, it is might, Roland. Okay. I, yes, they said it a few times and I was like, what is this? Is it, is it Roland? Is it Roland? Yeah. Like, I, I was almost going to turn on the subtitles. I did turn yeah. on subtitles because I was like, is it really just Roland? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, Greg, Greg yeah. came in and took over my shop. <laughs> I was about to say like, yeah, I was like, just very like. Oh man, Scott's here. Damn it. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so Sid needs the Bad Batch's help. Uh, initially, they are a bit hesitant, but Omega says that, um, you know, Sid helped them when they needed some help. So they are supposed to help Sid. And this was a, this was a bit of a disappointment for me and a missed opportunity as far as the character stuff is concerned. Because yes, Sid offered some help, but it wasn't just for fun, it was at a monetary you know, it's transactional. It's totally. Yeah. And once the Bad Batch was not able to fulfill that end of their bargain where they're able to pay what they their debts, she kind of held that over their heads and blackmailed them a little bit. Said Sid is not just a benevolent character. No, she's in it for herself, which is I understand it's a tough galaxy. Like you have to kind of you. I, I guess here's my overarching point. It is a tough galaxy. And I understand that you kind of sometimes have to look out for yourself. With that in mind, though, I thought that this episode could have been a learning moment for Omega. She has to learn that lesson to where mm -hmm. the galaxy is kind of a tough place. We saw last week sticking your neck out for someone who is fighting for a good cause is worth it sometimes to where they are fighting for Hera and, and her family. That is a time when you're able to say, no, this is something that we have to do because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But I thought this could have been a nice learning moment for Omega to make her seem a little bit less naive to say that maybe not everyone in the galaxy is worthy of our time. Yeah, in a in a place like this, there's cynicism can can be a strength. It can be a, a mode of protection. Totally. And know? I just I I thought that could have been a nice learning moment for the batch, but it's kind of just glossed over the when they're kind of like, okay, well, sure. But again, if if that debt hadn't been cleared for them, this could have been an opportunity to be like, okay, well, if we do this for you, then you know we're done, kind right. of thing. But it's. The episode had the season has other plans. <laughs> uh, so the plan is Roland is having a spice deal with the Pikes uh, and Sid plans to discreetly steal the spice, uh, making uh, Roland come up short in the deal. Uh, and the Pikes will be very upset with him. But in order to do this, they need to travel through these like underground catacombs almost uh, and retrieve the spice so they can do it so quietly. Uh, but the problem is, is that this hive has these light and sound sensitive creatures called earlings, I think is what they're, yeah. what they're called. Um, and the, uh, the bad batch must travel through this, this hive to quietly to, to retrieve the spice. And obviously when they're like, make sure you be very quiet, it's like, okay, well they're going to do something and it's going to wake up the creatures and it's right. going to be a problem for them. I will say during this time, I was like, guys, Shut up. Like they're like whispering and, and Wrecker's like, oh, I'm sorry. It was an accident. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, stop talking. Stop talking. Like, like you guys would not do well in the quiet place. <laughs> no, it's funny because they're they're soldiers and totally, you know, 
what if they're like behind enemy lines? Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're like, we have to be very quiet. And Wrecker's like, oh, I could really use some mental <laughs> mix right about now. And they're like, yeah, totally. Shh, yeah, exactly. Be very quiet. Yeah. And, and then, they're like whispering quite loudly as yeah. well. Yeah. I thought um, totally this was like. You guys, I don't. I understand that the Bad Batch is maybe a group that doesn't need stealth a lot because they're so yeah. efficient that you know maybe stealth isn't their strong suit. But it's like, guys, y- y- get the memo here. Just don't talk. And you know, Wrecker's like bumbling around and dropping stuff, which is very in line with his character. I understand, but right. it made them look a little incompetent at points. Where I was just like, guys, you know, shut up. <laughs> right. I agree. I also uh, during this bit, I was like, <laughs> what What are the chances that that these creatures, which obviously now we know are earlings. Yes. Uh, I was like, man, what are the chances we could just see some Geonosians right now? <laughs> They're That'd be so scary. They're huge. They sound really gross. Little They're bugs. really mean. Yeah. And they're bugs. Yeah. It's like, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah. Alas, a yeah. hype dream as well. Yeah. Um, bugs, nonetheless, they're, they don't seem to be like terribly, you know, intelligent creatures no. they're just kind of like sound what you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't think the bad batch would do very well in the quiet place world um but they're able to get through the this initial trip through the catacombs successfully they're not they don't wake any of the creatures up um they are they 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 get some of the some of the spice uh but not before some of these patrons of of sids are able to kidnap this cat dog thing it's a slug maybe <laughs> something not cute at all this creature's name is ruby it is named ruby they're able to to, to capture this creature uh but not before they are you know uh they they they're detected and they dro- they drop ruby and they kind of run cowardly away um and uh this this roland is able to to realize the spice has been stolen and they chase after the bad batch making a ton of noise which you know of course is going to wake the hive the hive starts attacking everybody. It's, you know, a lot of shooting action, a lot of stuff going on. Um, the creatures in the, the midst of all this craziness, they attach the they attack the batch, uh, which leads to the spice being lost, unfortunately. Uh, and the pikes, when they eventually come to collect, uh, they threaten Roland that if he is unable to pay the debt, they are going to kill him. At this time, Sid and the rest of the gang just like waltz through the freaking bar. And I was like. Why? Why no, are you please. guys like get out of here? Just wait. So wait yeah. for them to leave because like you're able to walk through and, <clears throat> and you know, yeah, Sid can be like, oh, I don't know where it's at. But he, Roland's like, yeah, they have it. They stole it from me. Like, why wouldn't you wait? Like, I don't. It seemed like I just thought, to cause some the, conflict. I thought know? the same exact thing. But yeah. again, that was the bit where I was like, are we done here? Yeah. Like even you explaining it sounds like that's kind of the natural progression. Exactly. And, the, and the natural and end. end. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. Um, so at this moment, the pikes come to you know, when they come to collect. Roland is like, "Yep, yeah, well, there they are. They stole it. Yeah. <laughs> There's the bandits. And <clears throat> despite the fact that Sid's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, great bluff. Great attempt. <laughs> uh, the pikes don't really buy it. And they threaten the batch saying that they need to collect the spice. And in the meantime, they're going to take Omega as collateral. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode because yeah. the batch all unanimously at the same exact time all draw their blasters, which I thought was like a really yes. cool like, excuse me. Like- <laughs> and, and they're not. I, I would say this is like Sid is kind of like, hey, you don't mess with the pikes if you if you don't put down your blasters. You know you're gonna wish you were dead because they're the right. they're the baddest mamma jammas ever. Right. 
the Bad Batch is not dumb. I think that they know that. I, I would like to think that they are aware of totally. who the Pikes are. But even still, I think that maybe that makes that that little moment a little bit better where they're like, hey, can we have that girl? And they're all like, yeah, you what? Despite <laughs> the fact that they even know that the Pikes are bad news. They're yeah. like, yeah, we're not afraid to all draw our blasters because that's how much Omega means to us. Good moment. Know? Yeah. In, yeah. A, in a sea of other things. Yeah. <laughs> So now the batch must go back into the hive to retrieve the spice. Um, and again, it just seemed a little repetitive to me to where I was like, the tension's still the same. It's yep. like, you gotta don't be, make any noise, don't make noise, get the thing and then retrieve the thing like that just seemed kind of like we're going back there to do this again, I guess. I don't know. Like I to me, the only rationality is like we're leading to something that's going to happen maybe in season two, you know, cause we're introducing new characters and kind of hinting at this guy's family and other things. Maybe that'll right. be something in season two. Who's to say, like, I, I just, uh, all right, well, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so of course they get the, the final crate and then record knocks over this carriage and that alerts all of the creatures and they start attacking and then again, tech, yeah, tech makes this device that emits this bright light, which you know, we learned earlier in the episode that the creatures are light sensitive. So that's able to scare all the creatures away. Um, and then now that the, uh, the, the, the creatures are gone, they're able to finally get the spice. They return the spice back to the pikes who then cut off the horn of Roland, giving him some lady Loki Hellboy vibes. Ouch. It was pretty <laughs> disturbing. I was like, yeah. Whoa. Um, but yeah, so they kind of make a, make a, uh, an example of him, uh, which is also kind of, a kind of referencing what happens there's some character there's a character in rebels who has yeah. the same kind of thing yeah. so that was like i guess cool the to zago see. Yeah. yeah yeah i was that was cool to see you know maybe why something like that could happen mm -hmm. maybe it was the pikes who knows who knows um and that's kind of the end of the episode uh this roland guy kind of just leaves the pikes kind of squash everything and then they just kind of peace out and that's kind of the end of the episode like i said i was just like all right well that was that that, that was the episode, you know. Well, it also it kind of ends on a like they, you know, they have a they have a line, they have a laugh, yeah, and then you know it kind of just fades to black, right? On you know just their ship, and that that to me felt very like it's just such a strange way to be like here's an episode we're just gonna drop it right here, yeah, and. That's it's that. very tied off in a bow. The loose ends seem to be tied, you know, right. other than Roland and maybe his family being reintroduced next season. Right. I don't think it's too, the season doesn't have that much left to address this thing now. So it probably has to be for next season. Right. Right. And we've we've seen episodes that are that are more tied off like that. You've got the Rancor episode, you know, yeah. that's kind of like their one thing. You've got uh, the episode where they're on the on that moon. Yeah. And there's like the the moon lizard thing. Right, right, yeah. Um, but with all of those, you you kind of, in, in the next episode, you come from that place still. Sure. Um, this yeah, episode. Again, there's also moments of character. Too. Yes. Um, and I think that that's the thing is like at the very least, like have a thread, sure. right? In this episode, it felt very like, well, we, we didn't see the place they just came from. Yeah. And they're just kind of done at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to just go like, it's not going to pick up where this left off. Yeah. You know? Right. So I guess that's another way to put kind of the, yeah, I don't have a problem with, you know, kind of these pit stop episodes. I right. don't think they're filler episodes. Cause I think that's a little, you know, especially now 
you look at shows like Rebels or something like that, there are episodes in there that could potentially be described as filler. But when you look back on them, you maybe could be able to understand the place that they have in the show. Yeah. But I think if you are going to have those episodes that I will refer to as pit stop episodes to where it's like we have a destination that we're going to, but we're going to go off on this little other thing and explore this little place. I think those moments need to reveal character. And that's what's important about them is then you see them in other situations to where like the Rancor episode. Yeah, it might seem a little like, what's the point of this? But when you really dive deep into it, which, you know, is great to do on like on a podcast like this, you can see, well, no, this episode, the point of this is to show fill in the blank where this episode, it was just kind of like there were opportunities there that I don't feel were fully fulfilled to where it's okay. We don't learn much more about Sid. We don't learn really much more about the bad batch echo and tech are still characters that haven't really been explored at all in this season. Right. We've done a lot of Hunter and, and, and Wrecker and Omega, but not a lot of tech and, 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 and echo. And I would have preferred to see something, you know, like I was just kind of yeah. like, okay, I was waiting for the, well, what's the point? I was waiting for the, the character moment where you go, oh, okay, that's, you know, look, it's not necessarily to trust everyone in the galaxy, something like that for Omega. But it seemed like everything just kind of, again, the, in, the episode ends with Sid's place liberated. She's now back top dog on it. And that's where the episode begins. So it's yeah. just kind of like we just came full circle and it's. You know, maybe this will pay off in the future, but as of right now, I was pretty disappointed. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So on that note, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, next week's episode. I'm looking forward to talking about it here. Uh, but as far as this week's episode goes, I think that is it. You want to take us home? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today, if anything. Uh, if there are any tops, topics or bits of news uh, you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message there at scum villain pod uh but for now this has been scum and villainy with noah to george and gary mcdowell and may the force be with you we'll see you next time see you guys